Matthew, I'm back. I'm afraid I can't find any food out there. What? No coconuts? No pears? No oranges? No. What? This is a very barren island. You picked a really crappy island to set oh. up camp on, Matthew. I'll have to have a word with Tom Nook, Tom. However, <gasps> I did find the Dreamcast. How is that going to get us through this, Tom? Well, Matthew, as you very well know, I have a few Dreamcasts, but we don't have one here on the island. And this right. one has got a blue light. Oh, great, Tom. I guess we'll live off the blue light then. It's Tom and Matt Attack. think about that Matthew I've um, got a copy of Snow Surfers and that's about it right okay <laughs> cool well that's going to provide a lot of life to everyone um, but some podcast conversation perhaps yes how are you doing Thomas why have you got a Dreamcast uh, yeah this is, this is I think this is just a sign I am slowly losing it I'm someone who has uh, had a lot of history with the Dreamcast and has gone through uh, a few consoles in my time Yes. Um, and I was browsing eBay the other day, as you do when you're in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I happened to come across a Dreamcast, which was all been fully um, restored and recapped, as they say. And it's got um, a changeable battery, an easy way to change right. the battery in it, so it will keep it save games. Okay. Which is always good. Um and it came with a memory card and a rumble pack, and uh, it will play any region without the need okay. for a boot disc. So someone's modified this, selling it on eBay, reasonable price. And I thought, hang on, I don't have a Dreamcast here in London at the moment. And right now, during this quarantine phase, I think I could really do with some Dreamcast games. So you thought, well, I should just ignore everything else I already own and uh, play some Dreamcast instead. Play Snow Surfers, because that's all I have. Because I have no other Dreamcast games here. Um, now, do you want to hear a little bit about Snow 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 Surfers, Matthew? Um, I because it's quite I'm an interesting more than happy story to hear about Snow. We're just going to go right into it, you know, yeah, and then we'll have it. a normal chat. Because this is the this is the important stuff right here. So, so Snow Surfers. It's a hard game to say the name of. Pronounce, Maybe that's yes. why. In um, America, it was called Rippin' Riders Snowboarding. It's arguably a better name, but yeah, Rippin' Riders Snowboarding. And back in Japan, where it was first released, it was called Cool Borders Burn, with three R's. You you have to say it in the cadence of the PlayStation game, Tom. If you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that this is a hidden Cool Borders game, you need to go Cool it's a hidden, Borders. It's a hidden... I don't really like Cool Borders, but I actually quite like Snow Surfers, yeah. I think Cool How Borders games... Got, the first one's terrible, isn't it? The first Cool Borders game's a bit crappy. I have fond memories of it. I'm pretty sure if I went back and played it now, I would go, this is horseshit. But, you know, time it's to It's on the PlayStation uh, Classic, so... Yes, it is on the PlayStation yeah. 
numero uno. Anyway, Snow Surfers is a lot better. I think Snow Surfers, for my money, is the best name. Both Snow Surfers and Ripping Riders feature alliteration, but Ripping Riders has to stress that it's snowboarding, whereas a title like Snow Surfers, kind of, you get the idea, don't you? Well, I, th- I think the thing is, right, if you were a snowboarder, you would know that Ripping is a, a thing. But then again, I guess because Ripcool exists, which is a surfing brand, maybe they had to differentiate. I don't know. Anyway, this, this is a pretty good game. I, yeah. I, I played it, um, I've been wanting to get this game for quite a long time. I first played it as a demo on the well, the demo discs I got when I first got my Dreamcast. I think it's probably in, in the box with my original Dreamcast. Okay. And I'd play this demo a lot. And I've always thought, oh, well, I should get the full game. And, and I have. Also Good. ordered a copy of uh, V Rally 2, but sadly that didn't work. Oh, that's so. a shame. I got a refund. So now. Is, is it making an attractive refund. coaster now? Uh, yeah, so the so seller kind of said I, I didn't have to return it, as I kind of stressed it was a little bit difficult for me to get the post office at the minute. Uh, yeah. Regard, there is no local post office in uh, Brentford anymore. Um, so uh, they just said, no, I trust you. I said, I'll send you a video, you know, show you it's not working. I'll show you me loading the disc if you like. I said, no, 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 I trust you, mate. I trust you. And no, it doesn't work, um, <laughs> of course. So yeah. it's a bit, bit sad, really. So I played um, Rally Sport Challenge 2 on the original Xbox instead, and that, that fulfilled my need for rallying. Okay. But not your need for speed, hopefully. Not my need for speed. I'll play Need for Speed for that, which yeah. I have been playing a bit recently. But we'll get on to that because, Matthew, I feel like I've just loaded the front end of this podcast with uh, me, and I want to hear from you. Well, I mean, to be fair to you, it's probably just as well you did that because I've been playing two games this week uh, that I talked about last week, uh, namely Animal Crossing, yeah. New Horizons, yes. and Final Fantasy Heaven's Heavensward, which I've now finished. Um, not Animal Crossing, obviously, because life goes on you on the island of Tom. You can't finish that game, really, can you? I mean, I guess you could. I mean, could my usual end state for Animal Crossing is A, when I've had a, a tits full of it, or B, when I've done all my museum... Apple. Oh, you tell me last week. It's only last week we spoke, Matthew. We did. Um, yeah, Animal Crossing's going okay. I've gotten into lucrative turnip trading, which is something I've never really played in the previous <laughs> Lucrative games. turnip trading. That sounds like yes. a game in itself. It should. Might be a podcast title. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Another um, Animal Crossing podcast title. <laughs> hey, Tom. You know, there's plenty of I Animal I thought we were going to call this podcasting burn. Maybe not. No, not going to happen. PlayStation numero uno was up there in my head, but there we go. So, yeah, my lucrative turnip trading has been a thing. Um, I've been playing the stock market, as it's called. And that's, that's hilarious. It is. Um, I unfortunately can't take credit for that joke. Thank the internet. Um, so, yeah, every, every Sunday, as people who've played Animal Crossing will know, a character appears on your island uh, to sell you turnips. Uh, these turnips are... Range in price for what you buy them, and then much like real stocks, they go up and down throughout the week. So I've assembled a crack team of Animal Crossing players in a Facebook Messenger group, um, and we are posting our stock market prices every day mm. because are they, in the morning are things going yeah. up, not down. In in, in reality, you know, the stock in, market. If the if I were left to my own place. island, I would be as screwed as the real stock market because the price we had this mo- uh, yesterday was like thirty six when I paid ninety two for them. However, uh, one of one of my friends had uh, four hundred, 
So I went over there, sold all my turnips, and made a handsome profit. Ah, this just sounds like you could get quite a bit of enjoyment out of uh, this element of the game. You can. It's bringing some social interaction to a game. Hmm. Uh, tell you what's not bringing some social interaction to Animal Crossing, though, Tom. Yes. Nintendo's online services. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm not surprised. They've always been a bit uh, lacklustre, haven't they? Yeah, but having to explain that to to my lovely lady wife, who has never played anything online, least a Nintendo game, mm. it's like, why doesn't it work? I'm like, because it's Nintendo. <laughs> so th- there are there are things you can get called Dodo codes. Go on, and essentially yeah. what these do is, essentially, it's a five-digit code that you can put in and then you search for whoever your friend's islands are. You can just go into them if they're on your friend list, but for the purposes of this stock market group, like a lot of people in there are from different walks of life. Some people I play Destiny with, some people I play Final Fantasy fourteen with, and then people we know and people I've known all my life just chucked into one group of like, hey, you all play Animal Crossing, so what are these people really? are doing? Really? All those people who like those different games... Like yes. Animal Crossing as well. Everyone likes Animal Crossing, Tom. Except you. Feel bad. No, I kid. Um, <laughs> these, people, these people are all in this group. And so because people obviously don't know each other, no one's really adding each other. They're just sending these dodo codes. Yeah. The issue with this is, uh, so I've learned from reading the internet, is if those people are doing anything on their island, i.e. fishing or decorating or opening a menu, uh, it causes the dodo codes to screw up so they don't work so they need to stand perfectly still and then you need to enter the dodo code and you need to hope that nintendo lets you connect (sighs) i had to enter a dodo code seven times this morning to sell my turnips and that requires me to go through seven layers of menu i think yeah 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 you need to click on the thing say i want to travel to a friend's island I want to go online. Then you need to connect online. You need to see if you came. Then you need to say, hey, I would like to send it via Dodo code. Then you need to enter the Dodo code. Then the request needs to go to the server to say, hey, is this Dodo code for this island? And then you say yes. And then nine times out of ten, it fails. And you need to do that whole process over again, which takes about ten minutes. It's real good, Tom. It's real intuitive. I was having to explain to Martha that if she wanted to actually talk to her sister who's also playing this game, she would need to download the Nintendo Online phone app, connect a microphone to that, and talk to her through the phone. Or just talk on the phone. Or the, well, this is what she said, and Skype I said, yeah, it's really dumb, What's the it? point in doing it through some sort of app when we've already yes. got apps for talking to people? Exactly. We've also got <laughs> phones for talking to people. But there we go. That, How many ways can you communicate thing. with a person over a phone first you can call them of course and then you can use a plethora of apps why do we need another one to add to that because <laughs> uh, this one's got your friends lists on it tom so you can only talk to your friends you know the same oh yeah because that's very important it's as frustrating as trying to pl- uh, play pokemon online where it's simply you should be able to just see which friends are online select the friend you want to trade or battle yeah. with and then do it no you both have to you have to choose a unique code in order, and then the other person has to choose a unique code, and then over in Nintendo Internet Land, they find the two matching codes and bring you together. Can you? If also... you're friends already, what yeah. does it matter? If you swapped friend codes, yeah. why is there this extra step of security? I, I hear there's also some faff where you have to use the Nintendo Online app on your phone or Pokemon Home on your phone 
in that process as well. No, I can't remember no, if it was don't. for battling or trading. Oh, well, for battling, no, because uh, I, I battled with our good friend Austin um, a couple yeah. of weeks ago now, I think, a week ago. And, uh, yeah, it was just not a very pleasant experience. The actual, no. obviously, social interaction, the battling was lovely, of course. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, just actually accessing that part of the game is uh, a bore-like, yeah, shall I say. I think... I think if you were to trade with him, you would have to use the Pokemon Home app as part of that really? experience as well, yeah. So you can't even do that within the game, is my understanding. What are yeah. they thinking? So, Nintendo's online services, not very good. Animal Crossing, still very enjoyable. Online yeah. services that are very good, Sony's. I've been playing some Final Fantasy Heaven's Ward, despite <laughs> some little bits of lag, as you would expect, when like half of the world's population are at home using the internet in one go. Hmm. But all in all, I will say by the end of that first expansion, I've really come around to I can see why people like this Final Fantasy game. Well, I the... thought you were pretty uh, sold on it last time. I mean, I was definitely sold on the gameplay, but the story was a bit hit or miss in places. I'm like, oh, oh actually, when this story hits, it really hits because they've had like a couple of, God, I don't know, like 80 hours of my time to build up relationships with these characters. 80 hours? god if not more tom honestly like it's a long game and i'm only halfway through i've still got two expansions i reached the end of heaven's ward today uh, but now i have stormblood and i purchased shadowbringer because it was in the playstation spring sale for 16 quid which is nice it is great i can't wait to hear what name they come up with next for the next install <laughs> no idea final I fantasy you... nipple twister i don't know there's something <laughs> Maybe. Uh, random put two words that, together tom. Put it in Google, see what comes up. Um, don't do that at home, children. So yeah, Children don't um, listen to this, Matthew. Or do they? Uh, let us know. And we'll stop swearing. Let us know time. and we'll stop swearing, exactly. Um, yeah, so Heaven's Ward, pretty good. Um, I think with there's some, there are some deaths of some characters throughout that campaign that are actually, that pay off in a meaningful way. They're not just like someone dying for the sake of it and not in like a cheap way. They're actually meaning something to the story. Wow. Um, a lot. They're very good at introducing characters and plot threads and letting them sit. You know what I mm. mean? Like, mm -hmm. unlike most other RPGs where you're like, oh no, this new bad guy, we need to go and kill him. Heavenswood was not afraid of introducing a character in A Realm Reborn making me forget about him for like 30 hours and then bringing that character back, which I thought was very <coughs> well done. And to be honest with you, like I would, I would say the level of storytelling is probably on par with something like a game of Thrones. Like, Oh my, now the, the only video game I ever felt I could compare to game of Thrones, cause I, I don't play a lot of yeah. fantasy role playing games would be the Witcher. I felt that was sort of like a TV oh, don't, serial. Don't get me wrong, Tom. Game. This is not the Witcher. The Witcher no, no, no. is on its own, actually. Oh, okay. For like, All right, there you go. As it stands at the moment, for Final Fantasy writing, I would I would say I'm having a much better time with this than I had with any of 13. Probably mm. a better written story at the point I'm at now than 10. Echoes of some of the older uh, Final Fantasies. Okay. Like, one right. or two moments have been reminiscent of six, like, beyond aesthetic reasons, and... There's been some other bits and bobs that have made me think of previous so, Final Fantasy stories. Not only are there icons from the original games um, and devices, but also story. Well, I mean, ideas. I, I think I think there's only so much you can do within a story, right? Like, 
if you break it down, really, they're not really breaking new ground with this. But it is a good Final Fantasy, which, you know, is something mm. that I've been sorely lacking for a while. Okay. Hopefully, that need for a good Final Fantasy will uh, pay off next week when Final Fantasy VII comes out. So, at the moment, now that I'm done with Heavenswood, I will go cool. Heavenswood is done. And I will finish off Judgment, hopefully, in the yeah. next three days, because I've only got like a chapter and a bit left to do. And then, Tom Parry, it is time for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, gosh. How long have I waited? What a perfect time. Let's just hope I can get a physical I, copy. I often marvel at those like yourself who can just plough through these type of games like you do. Uh, I certainly can't. Or certainly don't feel the urge to. Uh, most of the time when I want to play a game, as you know, Matthew, maybe some of our yeah. newer listeners who I'm not sure if we have any, but <laughs> maybe some don't realise that I just like to pick up a game for for an hour or two and then I think, oh, God, no, I should just stop now. <laughs> well, I mean, under normal circumstances, like I said, I hadn't really played anything up until, yeah. I don't yeah. know, I still February. feel that, though, even in this um, quarantine lockdown situation, I still feel like spending most of my time playing a game is... But maybe maybe I'm playing the wrong sort of games, to be honest. I did start Shenmue 3, and I was heavily getting into it. Um, yeah. But the kind of games I've been playing lately don't lend themselves to playing for an extra long time. For example, yeah. uh, Forza Horizon 4. It is yeah. very addictive, and you kind of want to do one race after the other because it, the gameplay is so, so good. Um, but yeah... With the Forza games, they all sort of mix into one. The Horizon series, for me, I feel like I've played a lot of them, but I'm realising today I haven't actually played a lot of Forza Horizon 4, and I can't remember which game is which now, because I feel like, oh, yeah. yeah, I should be further in this game now. Oh, I've only just, like, 5% achievements, and I've only just scratched the surface of it. But I've been playing it forever, and it made me realise just how similar those games are, and yeah. it all blended into one. Yeah. <laughs> So, I can imagine. Um, I mean, it's a racing game, isn't it? I mean, it's a racing game, but with a lot to do, and maybe I think too much to do. I find this thing in games nowadays that they they throw menus at you. Forza Horizon Four. I know you haven't. I don't think yeah. you've played it, have you, Matt? No, I haven't. No. Okay. It bombards you with game modes, menus, things you can do here and there. I, I can't. I can't take it in. Yeah. I, I feel that there's almost too much to do in the game. And uh, recently, uh, when I've been playing The Sims 4, the amount of options that I've got, yeah. you know, I want to buy a table. Okay. Oh, yeah, but each table has a choice of what colour you want it in. It's not like there's a brown table, there's a black table. Like in yeah. old Sims, you know, there was like yeah, yeah. one colour for each design of table. And even putting the roof on a house in Sims 4 is a task upon itself. You know, it, right. it's a, um, there's almost too much. And I feel like games nowadays, they're giving us like so, so much to do, so yeah. many levels that um, I find it a bit overwhelming. Well, I mean, this is the point, isn't it? It's games as a service. They want you to have stuff to do because they want you to play their game and their game But I feel like I'll never finish with it. Well, I mean... And then, honest, but, like... but Forza Horizon, let's release four sequels. Yeah. I didn't even finish one of them. I've played a bit of all of them. And yeah. I feel like I've played Forza Horizon quite a lot, but I've hardly scratched the surface of any of them, I think. No, I can I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> I also think there's a point where, with a game like that, where you're doing the same thing, where you reach a point of tedium, 
potentially. Mm. Yeah, Especially. yeah, it, it's quite possible. I mean, they do add a variety of different types of races, street racing, um, off-road. Uh, there are a few other uh, things like racing a train or a hovercraft. Or... Yeah, yeah they, they do try their best to change it up. But uh, yeah, essentially, it's you're pretty much doing the same things over and over again. Exactly, you're holding down the trigger to accelerate and then holding down the other one to brake. That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a variety of tracks and some are difficult and others. There's always a lot of challenge there. And there's all these, like, if you've, you've played Burnout Paradise. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's like that, basically. There's all these things around the world as well that signposts you can bash into, try and bash into all the signposts that are in the world, and the world's so big. and Yeah. I can imagine. Well, if, if it makes you feel any better, I was having the same thing with Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. Where... So there are there are three types of quests in Final Fantasy fourteen. There are mainline story quests, which essentially progress the story, let you unlock things, let you level, etc., etc. There are like side quests, as you would get in any Final Fantasy game, which are essentially like, hey, go here, kill these five things, and then you get a load of XP or gifts or whatever. Then there are oh god, I've forgotten what they call. I think they they're called levy quests. Levy in quests. general, but I don't know if that's the name that applies to all of them. Essentially, the the quest marker on your map will have a little plus next to it. And essentially what that means is it unlocks something for you as a character. Mm-hmm. And there are tons of them. And some of them like unlock menu options. So like you can't check what duties, which are like the dungeons, you've done unless you have the duty log, but you need to do a quest to get the duty log and it's giving you more and more stuff to do so you it's don't just stop more playing and more it. stuff to do because I mean while like, last week I talked about how that freedom is nice of like, oh well, you know, you can be any character. You can level up mm. things. You can let your warrior of light do X, Y, and Z. I've realized now that that's actually a big trap and that's a massively overwhelming thing. Yeah. It's like I could have so many different uh, character classes if I wanted to under my one class. Like, today I saw that I could unlock a quest to unlock Gunslinger, which is essentially, like, I would get a Gunblade, which would be cool. However, I would need to do a cast to unlock that job, and then I would need to level that job. Like, your character level is not just, like, one signified level. It's your level at being a Black Mage, in my case. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even though I'm level 64... I would probably go back to being like a level 50 gunslinger or whatever they introduced it and then have to level that up from there. It seems a bit of an ask, so I probably will never do that. I'll I'll have to go and get some menu options at some points. Like I tried to run a raid with two of my friends yesterday from uni and I couldn't do it because I needed to unlock the dungeon, which meant me doing, like, an hour-long quest chain. I was like, actually, that's just not yeah. bother. I'm so, not that so yeah, of course, being in a massively multiplayer online game, the, the big part of this is playing it with your friends. Yeah. I suppose, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it yeah. makes it different from a regular solo RPG. Um, and I guess that's an incentive to keep yeah. playing. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, both of these friends both got Final Fantasy VII Remake in the post yesterday, so I won't be seeing them for a while. Oh, sure, yeah. Too many RPGs, Matthew. There are, Tom Parry. Persona Royale came out on Wednesday, which I now have, um, and that won't be played for a while just because there's too much shit going on. Now, how Um, different is that from Persona 5? 
Ah, so far I, I, I understand it. I've been reading a couple of reviews and stuff, and that's what got me interested in it. They introduced yeah. a new character. There's some new... Well, I mean, essentially, Thomas, like the step up from Persona 4 on the PlayStation 2 to Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. Uh, okay, I've only ever played Golden, so yeah. I don't know really how different the, the two were. Essentially, they, they streamline some stuff. They add a lot of side content in if you want to explore that world more and like build yeah. up relationships with characters. So, so more, more things to do. More things to do, um, but also like refinement of certain things and like increasing the the combat and all this kind of stuff. Like the challenge there, if you want an extra level of challenge and doing some other yeah. things. So you could quite happily play through Persona Five again with a few. Changes. I honestly, I have found an odd comfort. Like, did we ever talk about me playing through uh, Persona Five Dancing All Night? Uh, yes, you did mention I think it. we yes. did. Yeah, playing through that game made me realise in an odd way how much of an affinity I have for those characters, even though I didn't okay. really love the story of Persona 5 that much. I was like, well, mm. this world is so well realised, the characters in it are so well written, that I was mm. like, well, actually, no, I kind of enjoy these characters. And playing through uh, Dancing All Night was like, well... Actually, this was oddly comforting, even though I'm shit at ribbon games. Spending more time with those characters. Spending more time with those characters. So I'm like, well, yeah, actually, I I would want to play through this again. I wouldn't do it in such a rush as I did last time. It'll be my my back burner game, I think, once I'm at mm. the point where Final Fantasy fourteen is like, a, okay, I only need to log on once a week to play okay. that. This will be my Are you gonna get background. Some sort of RPG fatigue, though. Is it? <laughs> Uh, or not is this not something you've ever encountered in your hey life man, you played a lot of rpgs <laughs> i generally played rpgs from the age of 11 till about 20 yeah. so no i think i'm okay yeah uh, it, what that has taught me is there are there is a certain level of rpg like anything this generally releases anything that's really tropey or i feel like i've played the story before i won't bother with yeah. Which was a massive thing around the time of the 360 coming out, like that. There's too many of them. Well, I mean, I I played um, Resonance of Fate. I played um, oh god, I've forgotten the names of the games. 360 uh, RPGs, Enchanted, Lost Odyssey, Enchan- Enchanted Arms. No, Lost Odyssey is the exception. Lost Odyssey okay. is a fantastic game. Blue uh, Dragon. Blue Dragon. Came out. <laughs> um, Oh, Eternal Sonata was the one I was trying to think of, the the Bandai Namco one. Beautiful looking game, cool concept of you like being trapped in Schopenhauer's yeah, uh, like last days, and he's creating this rhapsody in his head, like oh Chop, I'm sorry, Schopenhauer was a bloody philosopher. Um, you're trapped in the musician's head and like living his final dream, which is this beautiful piece of music he's writing as an RPG storyline. It's kind of cool, but it's just full of the same tropes. It's like an old mm. woman who looks like a child and a smart nerdy girl with glasses and long hair and a big tough man who's actually really good at heart. Mm. Like, I can't do anime tropes anymore. So how about and the last Dragon Quest game? How was that? How did that stand up to these others? That was very tropey. Uh, the yeah. gameplay is just very fun, though, to be honest yeah. with you. That's what I was enjoying about that. And the story was all right. So hmm. Very tropey, though. Tropey is a nice word, isn't it? Tropey. It is. <laughs> yes. Great stuff. So all those RPGs, wow. Yeah, all those RPGs, Tom. But that's that's literally all I've done um, for the last couple of days. Between housework and everything else is just play some Final Fantasy fourteen. 
Like I said, I look forward to finishing Judgment, so I'll talk about that properly. On I look forward to that, yes, because Judgment's been uh, you've been working on that for quite some time, haven't you? I have. It is it's been one of those games that I've kind of been dipping in and out of, even throughout my time when I wasn't really playing it's... games, because mm. I just moved the story along. Story in Judgment is absolutely fantastic. One of the best video game stories I've ever experienced, I would say. Wow! Like, uh, how does by... it compare to Yakuza? <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, like the story is is there up there with the best Yakuza stories. It is very much mm-hmm. like crime detective drama series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I really recommend it. Gameplay is not the best of the Yakuza series. That still goes, I think, to six. Because the detective stuff in uh, Judgment isn't great. But that aside, very good storyline. I highly recommend that game. So you're hoping for a Judgment 2? I'm hoping for a Judgment 2, now, especially as um, Yakuza 7 will be a JRPG. So. Oh, yeah. What is it, the deal with that? Now, Yakuza 7 looks like they're taking a different uh, approach. Is it a turn-based battling it system? It is a turn-based battle system, Seven. yeah. yeah. Um, I would have played it by now, but alas, uh, COVID-19 happened, and the person who was going to pick it up for me in Japan uh, didn't um... go to Japan, much to their fury and disappointment. So... You're going to have to wait for that one. I will have to wait for that one whenever it comes. Did you get the Yakuza Remastered collection? I did, uh, yeah. I picked it up, um, A, because I wanted all the Yakuza games on one console, which I now have with the PS4. Yeah. The only games I'm still lacking is obviously Dead Souls. Uh, on on the, PS4? Yeah. But you have it on PS3, yeah. Kenzen. I've got Ishen on PS4, which is the Samurai game, which I still haven't played. Yeah. Uh but I, I have I have a deep love of Kenza and I'm hoping... Will you get the Wii U game? Much. I will probably pick up the Wii U game when I'm in Japan. Oh, no, you can't play it. But I can't play it. And if you buy a Japanese Wii? No. I, to be honest with you, I'll you. probably pick up the PS3 copy of that HD remaster collection because then I'll have all of the games oh. on PS3 as well. But I just didn't oh, see it when okay. I was in Japan last time, so I imagine it's quite a rare thing. Did you get, with that Yakuza Remastered, a physical box for Yakuza 5? Yeah, I did. And I put it on my shrine. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Because that was obviously never released physically um, on PS3 in in outside of Japan, I I guess. Yeah, exactly. Literally outside of Japan. Mm. Um, It's pretty low effort, though, I have to say. Um, The the cover is essentially just the the Japanese cover, as you would expect, as has been Mm. the case with the games since 4, I think, actually. 4, I think, shares the Japanese cover. And then the back doesn't have, like, any text or screenshots or any of that stuff. They've not bothered going on that extent. It's just, like, a blank background. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's taken a a lot to... It's fine. It's just... It's sitting on my shelf. Because you're only... Yeah, yeah. But you, you just play them face outwards, don't you? I you have am, a yeah. little shrine. If anyone hasn't seen Matt's shrine, I'm sure he's got a photo I'll, up somewhere. I'll post another picture on Twitter and then yeah. we can share it from the TMA cast Twitter. But yeah, I need to put another shelf up, actually. I mean, I've got the judgments now out. The I don't think I've managed to... No, I did fit Yakuza 6 on that shelf. But like, I've got Judgment and I've got the Fist of the North Star game to go up there. And obviously 7's out now, so I need to expand a bit. But I'll get there, Tom. I'll get there. I want to, to be honest. Like I've got some cool stuff. Like I've got the the glasses I got with Yakuza yeah. Six, and I've got the I bought the version of um, 
I had the original Hong Kong version of the Fist of the North Star game because I didn't think it was going to come out in English. And then when I was in Italy over the summer, they had a special edition of it with a lenticular yeah. cover. Mm-hmm. So you see Rio like flex, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And so I'll I'll put that in its own special place. I do what I do still want. There's a version of Yakuza Four, like a limited edition, you could have got with uh, some rice bowls and some chopsticks. That I keep it appears every now and again on eBay, but it's like two hundred quid, and I'm I'm not paying two hundred quid for some plastic rice bowls. But I want them <laughs> all so much. Yeah, we're reasonable uh, fanatics, aren't we? I think both of us, yeah, <laughs> in terms exactly. of what I'm we not, like. There's I'm a line. I'm not insane person. I, I bought a copy of um, Yakuza 1 for the PS2 Japanese version of it because it was like 100 yen, and I was like, that's mm. about five pence. I'm having that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't buy Yakuza yeah. 2. Very expensive. If you want to get into all the regional variants of stuff, that's, uh, yeah. Is it- it's a rabbit hole, Tom. I'm not you. With the words. rabbit hole. That's the word I was looking for. Rabbit hole. That's right. It's yeah. one you probably don't want to go down. I've been there with uh, worms and lemmings in terms of uh, getting every single exactly. version. And of course, that's both of them are series who have been on many, many consoles. Uh, new, new worms announced. Uh, did you hear about that? Really? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, the new style um, going back, I think, reverting really to the style of for, from Worms to Worms Armageddon time. But it looks like the worms are going to be rendered in three D, but the game's still going to be two D, which they've done before. Yeah. But I think they're going to do it to a, a higher level. A now higher level, unlike that one where uh, Matthew Berry was doing the voiceover, because that was kind of two D, but also three D. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was referring yeah. to. Yeah, they did them in three D then, but uh, I think uh, graphically it's going to be a step up. This time it's hard to say they only released like a short trailer um but they're they're going back on this quirky style they developed for wmd which was kind of fun but yeah i kind of like to see the classic worms i might say classic worms worms two worms because those original worms that they've they've gone the way of the dodo i suppose back in in the day i do like worms i've noticed tom i've noticed yeah the game series worms a lot of fun yeah i played a bit of online gaming this week uh really yeah, there's a real um, incentive among um, <laughs> my friends to uh, funny that to play online. Uh, so um, you know, I, I play with uh, my friend Gareth. For those who don't yes. know, so a good friend Gareth. I play every week. I play uh, online with, and our friend Adam joined us this week, which was okay. uh, a spot of fun. We got in some Black Ops Three Zombies, which is uh, oh, okay. a mode that I'd not had much experience with before, and having three people. Yeah, it was it was quite a lot of fun, to be honest. Had, I can see why zombies so popular. Tried Warzone, seeing as it's free. Oh, it's one of them battle royale games, isn't it? And and know, with my brief like time Call spent with Fortnite, I'm not keen on the on the. Uh, well, genre. no, don't let Fortnite fool you, because <laughs> for, I wasn't a big fan of Fortnite, and there I love Apex Legends. So I know you love Apex Legends. Oh, Have you been apexing a lot lately, Matthew? I or not? And that's the thing. No. There's a new. There's He's an RPG like... and no apexing. Yeah. I know. He hasn't even played Doom Eternal, have you? I haven't. Well, I, neither I, have I. You, again, <laughs> going off what I heard last week on podcast has now been echoed by friends that it's not as good as 2016. So I'm not really that bothered. Really? Yeah. I mm, also hear okay. Resi Three is not very good, but the multiplayer is supposed to be interesting. So, oh yeah, that's got a clever name, hasn't it? It's got R E in the uh, um, title. I can't remember now. I can't remember. It's either. not Revolution or no. something like that, is it? 
Re rebellion, retaliation. Yeah, it's re something like that. Re, re something. So that's an online uh, multiplayer Resident Evil. Yes. Title, which they've done before. Outbreak. Was that? Yeah, correct? but this time you are like it's. It's a very unique thing where essentially one of you is like Jigsaw from the Saw movies, and the other right. people are in a house trying to escape, and you are kind of controlling everything behind the scenes so you can open doors to let zombies into rooms and. Now that sounds fun. Maybe that yes. would be a re yeah. But Resident Evil Three is still a well liked game, isn't it? And this is a remake of Resident Evil Three. No, so not as much be... as two or one. Actually. Well, of course, yes, I know. I knew that it wasn't as well um, regarded as two. Um, so the criticism I hear of three is essentially the game wasn't great when it came out. People were hoping that they would kind of take the Mister X system from Resident Evil Two and interject that into this so Nemesis would be a threat at all times. But it very much seems like, despite that, they've pretty much just remade Resident Evil 3. I feel like it came out pretty quickly. I mean, yes. 2 has been out for what, a year? A year, yeah, exactly. Something like that? Yeah, so pretty much like it, it is literally just a very nice-looking remake of Resident Evil 3. There's not, And that's there's an audience for that, though. There yeah. is, yeah, but they've yeah. not gone to the same level of trying to improve the game. Like, they made mm. subtle tweaks to 2 that made it a better game. Yeah, I think people's a lot expectations of... after 2 have probably gone up, and then yes. receiving 3 and it not fulfilling that criteria. Yeah, I can, I get it. Exactly. That's that's what I hear. Um, one of my friends who bought it was very disappointed with it, but he said the multiplayer is great, so I'm kind of curious to check out. That Maybe they knew. Maybe they knew this wasn't quite as good as 2, so we had to do something extra there to... Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe Entice they were working on this in. multiplayer anyways, a free-to-play thing, and they were like, oh, shit, tack it on, quick. Do you, you remember know? that um, Umbrella Core? Umbrella Core. Multiplayer Yeah, game. The, game that, the game's so bad they took the words Resident Evil off the title. Yes, I do remember that game. I've never played it. That's that's faded into obscurity. I don't know if I got a physical release. You bought a physical copy of that game to play with Gareth, I think. No. I'm pretty sure because I remember it being on the shelf in our house, and I said, "Oh, I've, didn't no, buy I don't. It. I don't have it. I've never played it." Interesting. Hmm. I bought Anarchy Reigns at one point. That's I remember the only thing I can Anarchy think Reigns. of. I bought for the um, <laughs> online experience, and yeah, being rather disappointed with that one. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I've been playing uh, Gran Turismo myself. Gran Turismo Sport. See, it's all racing games here, isn't it? Yeah. I realize. I realize this. You've been RPGs, and I'm all racing games. This exactly. Time. Uh, but sport's great, and, and the uh, amount of options you can tweak, and that uh, attention to detail in the Gran Turismo games is just impeccable. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a beautiful experience if you like driving games, then, and you haven't played uh, Gran Turismo Sport for any reason. I suppose you most probably have. It was £10 recently in a sale, so that was the incentive for me to pick it up. Because usually we just play Forza, but, um, yeah. or Forza, sorry, Forza, Forza. Motorsport motorsport uh, to pronounce it properly um gran turismo yes very robust i was worried there wasn't enough content in there because it not being a main series game but actually sports fairly well um well put together That's good. and uh i like the um the the stance that it's taken on sportsmanship that's good Yes, and even having to watch two videos in order to learn the basics of sportsmanship before you're allowed to play online says something yeah, you this, about yeah. the classiness of um, Gran Turismo Sport. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot of that stuff in Animal Crossing as well. Like, hey, don't be oh, a yeah. dick up front yeah. before you go online, which is nice. That's good. Yeah. 
I realized, Tom Perry, you and I talked off mic last week, and then mm. when I did it in the podcast, we didn't actually talk about it. How's dreams? Oh, dreams, yeah. <laughs> so that... dreams is a game I played a couple of times after purchasing it, and I've never touched it again. Okay. Um, not unusual for me, I know. However, I felt like the um, the tutorials for building games were quite... Um, Slow. Patronizing. Okay. Uh, the way that the narrator talks to you. Obviously, the game is meant for a broad age group. So I was going to say, man, this, I think it's children kids. will be playing this. But still, I don't know if children need to be talked to like uh, you know about by a school teacher type character of how to no. do this. Very slow. Very like now do this now. It's like it really irritated me, and uh, also it's not as easy to start making games as you might think. No, this is There's right a here. lot to get your head around in terms of um, how the ca- in-game camera works. Yeah. Um, they've tried to make it intuitive, and they succeed in some levels, but the sheer amount of tutorials you'd need to do in order to make anything close to a playable game, Yeah. In, for me at least, it's just overwhelming. Again, uh, I, tr- I just wanted to do some sculpting, actually, because I thought, well, at least I can sculpt a character in Dreams. Uh, yeah. That is like um, like a ooh expert level tutorial. You need to be sort of expertly familiar with dreams in order to get to your head around how to do the sculpture shit. part of it. Um, and I thought that would probably be the easiest thing to jump into. Yeah, but no, um, it's definitely a game that requires you to spend quite a lot of time in those tutorials, getting your head around how everything works. And of course, there's the fourth tutorial at the beginning, which sort of guides you through yeah. it. A few, a few bits of basics, basically, before you can even do anything, uh, even if before you can play other people's games, um, which is the main enjoyment I've got out of this has been going through searching who's remade Goldeneye, who's remade Banjo Kazooie, who's yeah. done a Sonic, who's done a Pokemon, who's done a Crash Bandicoot and Mario, and then seeing actually how impressive uh, some of these games are impressed. that people have made with it. It just proves it's such a robust piece of software. Um, and people have obviously dedicated a lot of time to learning it. That's cool. Um, that's great. But you were not uh, one of them. <laughs> but I'm not one of them, I'm afraid. And uh, that was my main incentive for putting the game. I thought I could be creative yeah. with it. Oh, well. Easier than it seems. Uh, that's yeah. a shame, man. But, I mean, I think there are people out there who will love that game. And I think there are people out there, like... I, to be honest with you, that was my fear. That's why I haven't picked it up, because I know... I'm not going to put the time in to learn the systems if they're really complicated. Even to me, they just... were complicated. And yeah. um, I just was turned off by the patronising voiceovers. So. That's okay. Uh, oh, well, maybe I'll pick it up if I see it cheap. But for now, I'll do uh, this. Yeah, yeah, I bought it on release, £35. I think you get yeah. it for about 30 nowadays. It's, it's dropped can. a little. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's a unique game. And, and if I'm going to buy a brand new game, it's got to be something that's different and unique and exciting and there still are games like that around that keep coming out but in general there's just so much choice nowadays isn't there it's exactly like... i mean you know when you can play snow surfers when um... i can play snow surfers where i know where i'm at i know what i'm doing i can talk a little about snow surfers if you like in go terms for it of how Tom. it plays go for it as a snowboarding game let me um, guess snow... you go downhill and you do tricks and you jump through hoops 
no hoop jumping, but you do <laughs> you do, do tricks. You don't have to do tricks. One of those snowboarding games where it's actually just a challenge to get to the end of the course. Yes. Because you've got checkpoints, and they're yes. quite tight checkpoints. It yes. feels very much like an arcade game. Very much um, like the original Cool Borders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but things happen like uh, rocks might fall. You might snowboard through a cave, and rocks might fall from the uh, ceiling, and you might have to dodge them and such. And then the narrator says, Oh, gnarly! Gnarly hazards. Yeah. You may have to dodge through some, some um, cows or something. <laughs> Sorry, it's a complete tangent, but there was a character in uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the same says person, gnarly. The same person I mentioned last week with a, with a, with a Cockney accent. All right. Um, when you're fighting him, he repeatedly says, <laughs> Sloppy. Sorry, say that again. He says sloppy in a Cockney sloppy. accent. Sloppy. And my very much to my wife's amusement. It was very, yes. very funny. Just type Final Fantasy fourteen sloppy in if you have no Sloppy. I'm sure he'll come up. Oh, sounds like he's just been in the toilet and had a bad yeah. case of diarrhea. Oh no, Tom Parry. Let's oh, not go sloppy. There. <laughs> Sorry, sloppy you surfers. were saying gnarly surfboard. Uh, Sk- uh, not skateboarding. <laughs> Snowboarding, that's Snow- the one. Snowboarding. Extreme. Okay, yes. So uh, it's quite a challenge. It took me a fair few attempts to get to the end of the course, you know. And of course, the tricks are there, but they're just an incentive. You have to get a high score, basically, yeah. alongside. You've just got to finish the track, really. Okay. And then, of course, they're the extra. That's the extra level of gameplay. That's all there is. It's not like some of these games where there's like so many different game modes or incentives to keep playing. You've got a main sort of goal, and you've got a high score. And your incentive to come back to it is to beat your high score. That's how it used to be back in the day. Cool (laughs) borders! Yeah, it's got a good narrator. Does Uh, someone do that? Does someone go snow snow surfers? surfers. I love all that. Good. It's got a nice bunch of characters in there. You know, it's um, for me, it's the ultimate cool borders game. It's not really Um, hard. It's not quite up there with uh, 1080 for me because that was the first snowboarding game I really played and really loved. How would you back. compare it to SSX? Uh, yeah, I. you know what? I never really got into SSX in a big way. Uh, maybe just because I haven't played it as much as some of the others. Uh, I think it's a, it's straightforward. It's a very straightforward yeah. game. It looks nice. It's got it's got an arcade. Say, it feels like a Dreamcast game. It feels like an arcade. Okay. It's game it's colorful it's got good graphics it's got good solid arcade gameplay it came out to very mediocre reviews but i think it's worth revisiting because actually it's a little bit better than people uh, give it credit for i would say how would you compare it to a snowboard kids uh maybe i i prefer it maybe okay that's good oh i don't know i haven't played snowboard kids for a while it's a good game um, Snow Surface for me does feel a bit like 1080, and anything okay. that's like 1080 is good. It's good, yeah. In my book, I would agree. But 1080 has a lot of things going for it. It does. Yeah. How expensive are we talking for a copy of Snow Surfers Dreamcast aside? Let's pay less than a tenner. Don't pay okay. any more than that's a tenner. Good. Maybe that's... pay a six. That's all seven. right. If I can something like that, you know, uh, it it's not a, it's not a um, <laughs> one of them games which demands a high. <laughs> you may have made me make my first retro purchase in a while, Tom Parry. Congratulations really? to you, yeah. 
You might get snow surfers for I your dream. I might pick up snow surfers if I can find it and someone willing to go to a post office in these end times, then yes, I will. Well, this is what I worry about with eBay. You know, I bought a couple of things recently and I can't help thinking in the back of my head, like, you know, it's a bit risky for these eBay, but it's how they earn a living. You know, it could be yeah. their, their, their main source of income. So it's good to support them. Um, I've noticed people saying they're only going out once or twice to the post office. You might expect a delay. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I think you'd really have to have a car or, or be in walking distance from a post office in or order to... Or have a to... relationship with a courier service where they will come yeah, and collect Yeah, that's packages. correct. Hermes yeah. is very popular. There are many. Uh, that seems to be a popular one among e- eBayers. There's uh, Yodel as well, isn't there? And, uh, yeah. Oh, there's many. There are a few. So okay. you can get people to come and pick it up or, or you take it to your local shop. And and they'll take it, you know. There there are ways around it. You don't necessarily have to go a post office, but uh, no, no. It's but, an interesting time to to be a to be a eBay seller. I imagine right now. I I think it's an interesting time to be anything right now. To <laughs> I think yes, especially it's very different selling from, from things. Most. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, mean, I think I'm going to slow down on my um, my buying of probably of, a good idea, mate. At the minute. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to buy um, Final Fantasy and then I'm good. Yeah, I mean those big those big chains like Amazon, they're, they're, I think they're pretty geared up for it. But even those uh, prioritising uh, more essential deliveries, uh, they yes. sell food items and, and medicine and things. So well, I mean, I, I think also just the lack of planes and the lack of uh, people driving, obviously, because yeah. borders are closed, probably means that the copies of Final Fantasy are pretty low. I would imagine, at least at the moment. Possibly, you know, and there's people coming down with, you know, either the virus or, or a sickness that has symptoms of the virus who, um, if, if a workforce gets so small, they, they may have to stop uh, their warehouses or their delivery drivers yep. or, or whatever. Undoubtedly. Um, well, I, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where, where, where all sorts of deliveries are ended i think there'll always be a need well i mean there's definitely going to be food things aren't there but i think there'll yeah. come a time where things will have to be prioritized oh yeah and we've already seen that i think consumer goods is, a, is the least of anyone's uh concerns at the minute in terms of actually getting them out to people yeah. but but they are something that's keeping a lot of businesses afloat where their where the high street stores may have closed right now yeah uh, their online side of the business is the only thing that's keeping them going. I don't think we're going to see games survive through this. I don't do, know. Do you think that this will be the death of physical games? It will, it will go some way towards the eventual death of physical games, I think. I think we're probably only going to see physical games as special editions released by people like Limited Run or, or um, strictly limited games or whatever. I would agree with you. I think special it'll reserve. Only, I think it'll only be now big titles. I yeah, your, your Call of Duties, your Fifas, will still get physical releases. Well, but I well think... yeah, I, I feel. But then again, the the Switch has had so many small scale releases physically. A lot of the times, I look at some of these games that are being released physically and think, really, you know, I'm making their way into high street stores, not just uh, being sold through. Um, online publishers yeah well i think to be honest with you a lot of the ones that are going into stores are still being are still being made at least paid for by small online publishers but then distributed by larger distributors like 505 yeah so i think there are just cases where people are much like the ps2 tom i think it's so cheap to develop for the switch if you're that way inclined yeah and to create small cartridges for like these mm-hmm. small indie titles that should be downloads. 
that I think it's a relatively lucrative market, which is why we've seen it flooded by so many people willing to make physical games. Yeah, it, it's you generally get interesting... very low low barrel games getting yeah yeah area and and those sort of games i don't feel like i need to own them physically unless i play the game and really love it and for some reason want a physical copy but then there's game series if they release a new installment in a series an established series yeah you kind of think oh but then i won't have that game on my shelf if i buy that digitally i won't be able to line them all up all those like final fantasy if you take that as an example or street fighter or whatever um those sort of series where they've been established for a long time and you yeah. already have a collection of them, you might still want to be collecting them physically. Yeah. I mean, that's why so I did the Yakuza games. Like, that was yeah. just me refreshing my ability to play some of my favourite games. So, But but I think people are getting used to not having to get up and put a disc in. I think it's, that's a simple um, reality of yeah, the situation. For sure. Um, sometimes if I turn a console on, I think, I don't know what I'm going to play before I turn it on. Yeah. And then I will more than often not play a game that's on the console as opposed to getting a disc out and, and yeah, playing that particular same. game. Like, like, for example, that's why I was playing Forza uh, 4 this morning because Forza Horizon 4. Yeah, mm. okay, interesting. Yeah, so it, we'll have to see how things do change, but I think it will have a, a massive impact on... Uh, high street not Me just uh, games retail but uh, retail landscape yeah in I general agree. i think i think so yeah um i think initially we might get a kind of flourish of people popping to the shops just because it's kind of like novel. <laughs> we've been stuck in science novel um yeah but we'll see if that uh, continues and if the high street does kind of because it was in a bad way before this so i really can't yeah. see it I mean, let's see, man. Like, it, yeah. it's going to be a different atmosphere. Hard like, to predict. GameStop was already closing in Denmark. GameStop was moving to online. They were actually having their sale mm. the day yeah. that all the shops shut for the coronavirus. So, like, there's massive signs outside saying, like, 40% off everything. Everything must go. And then all the yeah. games are still inside because the coronavirus happened. So, and Of course, it's Easter sales, spring sales at the moment. So uh, there's a lot of stuff on. There's a lot of like incentive to buy online at the minute, isn't there? Yeah. Because of the time but, of year. You know, I'm wondering like with shopping malls and stuff now, when they reopen, how many shops will actually reopen? I've oh yeah, lot, yeah. I've seen a lot of high street stores that have like signs in their windows already saying, "We've moved to online shopping. Like we will close yes. out this branch." Da, 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 da. Like giving dates for when they're going to close, when they reopen, and. So yeah, there's all sorts of prices like rent. You know, rent. Yeah. You know, having the money to rent a space, a physical space to sell something, is also. I mean, imagine you're a large retailer. I've seen a case with bestseller here in Denmark. Um, they have literally like five or six stores uh, in every town in Denmark. They obviously can't produce their clothes because of the current things going on. No one really wants to buy clothes because. Who wants to buy they can't stuff to be in go out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got all of this workforce who's trying to do that. They even said last month they were saying, like, we're not going to pay rent for April. Like, our company can't afford to pay rent for April. But now, obviously, landlords and lawyers and stuff have got involved and they've backtracked that a little bit. But, you know, who knows what that means for the nature of a company that size? I mean, I assume it's the same for like. Top Man and Burton and all these other big high street yeah. fashion retailers in the UK. In the UK. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh well, let's see. Wow. Yeah. Uh, different landscape when we come out of this. It will um, be, Tom. 
but it's okay. As long as you stay sane, wash your hands, keep your distance, we'll all be fine. Well, this is it, you know. As long as we, we do this, we'll get through this quicker. And uh, that's what um, that's why it's so frustrating when, when you see things like that's not being uh, implemented uh, by yeah, certain people. Yeah. Uh, certain well, that's how it goes, mate. It'll, it'll Unfortunately, it'll get worse before it gets better, but let's see. Okay, yes. before we go down this oh, dark well, That's a downer, that's a downer, hole. Matt. I, think well, I thought we were not going to talk. I thought we were not going to talk about it this time, but I of know. course it is inevitable because this is the world we live in at the moment. And yeah, it's difficult just to ignore it because it's, it's, it it's so impactful on many aspects of our lives, isn't it? Sorry, folks, we're trying to keep it to a minimum. But yeah, as you say, when the topic of games comes up and then you want to talk about something related to it, you inevitably end up down a rabbit hole of coronavirus. Oh, that rabbit holes again. Exactly, mate. They're but we, we're all right on our little island here. We may not have a lot of food. Exactly. Uh, I shall try and go out again and endeavour not to come back with another uh, <laughs> retro games console. If you come back with another Dreamcast, can you at least like put a bloody handprint on the front of it so I can call it Wilson and speak emotionally <laughs> to it? Oh, God. Now, so to end on a, a high note, for those of you who didn't see when Tom Hanks uh, came down oh, with coronavirus yes. in um, Australia, apparently one of the first things they did when he was in isolation was uh, throw in a Wilson for him, like someone bought a yes. soccer ball and put a hand this. on it. And That's wonderful, him. isn't it? That's great. Humanity at its finest, Tom Parry. Speaking so, of humanity uh, at its finest, why not give us a review on iTunes? Um, yeah, this show is us some love. Yes, show us some if, love. If Let like us know you're podcast, still listening yeah. after all of this time. After yeah, you can find us in a variety of places on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom Attack on Twitter at TMA Cast. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, such as on Stitcher and in iTunes. Also available on mm. BlastProcessor.com and the website TomAmattAttack.com. While and it really is iTunes, available on BlastProcessor.com now. I know. I, saw, I found the thumbnail. Yeah, that's um, all you template. do. It. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you still got it because I didn't. Yeah, if you like the podcast, let us know. Give us a cheeky rate and subscribe uh, and share it with other people you think may be interested in hearing us talk about Dreamcast games in this age of terror and confusion. Okay, Tom Parry, it's been lovely speaking to you. Go find us some food. One question, Matt. What's that? If you were going to be stuck in this island with uh, any one game console, what would it be? We'll end it on this. I think that's a silly question. It would be a Game Boy, wouldn't it? Would it would be a Game Boy, yes. What about you, Tom? I'll tell you next week. Oh, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. All right, everyone. Game on. Ah.